Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Firm. I'm not even your host today. I'm just reaction now. Lance is... Reac- emotional support. Don't forget about that. And How emotional support. I did How sneak in. I did sneak in one concept. Uh, one con- uh, Topic. Topic. It's Thursday. It is Thursday. Not our normal Friday. We're doing... We are recording early. So anyways, with that being said, Lance, kick us off. Oh, why did you change? Computer, don't change. With project conditions changing, there you go. Hey, limited, that's why. In limited time to get <laughs> things, things always done. <laughs> it's good to have information at your fingertips. Arccat.com provides architects, engineers, spec writers, and contractors like Al Gore with the most comprehensive libraries of building product content and design so you can access it quickly and efficiently and for free. Arcat.com is free to use and requires no registration. So visit today and access the information you need now. I cannot stress how much I appreciate Arcat's uh, consistent nature in not needing your information, right? Uh, a lot of other companies make you the product, but instead they Arcat gives you all those products, all the information for them for free without making you the product. Visit them today, Arcat.com. This show probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. Check them out. Okay, I wasn't. My wife watches these crazy shows. Um, Housewives of New Jersey. Yeah, not that, but like, just think of those genres, right? Yeah. So, and normally, like, I'm doing work during them, and I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I watch them, right? <laughs> but yesterday, make your comments. Yep. I just put on like it wasn't even techno music. I don't know how YouTube suggested it, but nice. it was some sort of like beat music, and then just like watched the show and thought. And it was cool. It, it was almost like drugs. That's what I was going to say. It sounded like you're tripping out a little yeah. bit on life, Al. Yep. And I think the Kardashians were on. And people love to hate on the Kardashians. And, 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 but and, they are capitalists, man. I got to give them yeah. props for all the ways they've turned in, like, to, uh, this don't do a lucrative business. Yep. And I, I was being critical in my head, being like, they don't know what real work is. Like, if you do construction, right, that's real, real work. Absolutely. Right? And I go, well, I've been on, on TV and like, it's, it's acting can be kind of hard, you know? No, no. Being on TV is work. Yeah, filming, it is. Filming, filming an episode is work. Yep. But then I go, but then I switch to, well, are they waking up at 530 in the morning, like in working construction in Minnesota, right? But then I go, man, sometimes I love like getting on my jacket, getting on my gloves, getting on my boots, getting on my hat. Like you're kind of comfortable in that situation. And then I thought the real difficulty is if you are consistently trying to do something new that you don't know and not knowing whether you're doing it right. That's what's hard. That's what's stressful in life. And you can do that in any area. Because a construction worker and be like, hey, I'm going to get on all my stuff. I have my hammer. I have everything. Like, I'm going to work even if it is cold. But like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to knock, literally knock this out, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter your area. It matters kind of what you're doing. And... That growth is hard, right? So we want to help you 
if there is, if you are thinking about growing in two different ways, <clears throat> we want to reduce your stress, right? Um, because we don't want you to go to work every day, not knowing how to do something and struggle through it. So if, if you are transitioning or want to learn Revit better, go to revitrocketship.com where we will be your guides to help you live a more stress-free life and be more productive. If you are thinking about expanding into the construction area or just learning more about the whole construction process so that your life is more stress-free, that's kind of weird to say, but more stress-free works. Those words work together. Go to architectsguide2.com. So architects, that's plural, guide is not, and then to.com. Check those resources out. Honestly, having that knowledge in the background makes your day go smoother, makes you less stressed, makes your home life better. Um, those resources are available to you. So honestly, <clears throat> the only thing that is stopping you is money. Um, and we have a money back guarantee. And they, because multiple people buy it, it's at a reduced price that is, it is worth 10 times your investment. Like it, it just is. It, you can either trust me on this or not, but it is worth 10 times your investment. 100%. 100%. Last but certainly not least, this episode is also brought to you by Pella, Pella Luxury. Pella Pella. Pella, 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 Pella. You have never experienced a brand like this before. The collection of brands within the luxury division of Pella are the conversation starters. And while I'm reading this, I would encourage everybody to go over to PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm and enter that website. Check it out. You will understand how versatile that Pella is. And I think a lot of people, when they think of Pella, they think, oh, it's only going into houses. Nope. They show that they're going into museums. Incredible work. So the collection of brands within the luxury division of Pella are the conversation starters, the pioneers of the industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects, the building industry, and beyond. They have decades of experience creating things no one else in the world is creating, and the collection of brands are brought together to complement and build on one another. They don't push beyond the limits. They set them out. Look at that. I absolutely set them. Explore. PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm. Again, check out that website. We did a little voiceover on last week's episode. Al did this wonderful voiceover, is what I should say. It was amazing. Uh, His golden, sultry voice coupled with Pella's beautiful uh, imagery from that website. I, I I had to watch it three, four times. Exactly. Check it out yourselves. Cool. Okay. In other news, Al. Okay. I got a question for you. Is housing, I have a reaction for you. Thank thank God. Thank God. Is housing at a tipping point? Oh, which way? The medium host how the medium home price surged more than 20% in April from a pandemic low a uh, low a year earlier. The biggest jump since 1988. 1988. Let's do the quick math cuz we're dumb. 1988. That's 33 years. Yep. You are 36. Sure. So, that is that is crazy, right? Yep. Uh, while comparison suffers from business shutdowns in effect last year, it also shows labor, supply chain, and other constraints on the construction industry as it struggles to catch up to renewed demand. Skyrocketing prices may also start turning back buyers to purchase with purchases falling almost six percent in the month. Wait, now say say that again. Skyrocketing prices yep. may also be starting to turn back buyers. Yep. With purchases falling almost six percent in the month do you know what okay that, yeah you know what that means now so that 
So it, it they was, are it was reduced. weirdly it was weirdly written. No, no offense, Kate Chapman, editor of LinkedIn News. That's yeah. where I'm reading this <laughs> yeah. from. They Kate, just, don't it, come at us. It was don't just, come don't at come us. Don't come at it's us. Like, I'm giving you go go to if you go literally look up LinkedIn is housing a tipping point if you want to follow this thread. It was super interesting. It was so, trending the other day. So now the supply is being reduced because they the jack the it's too high. Yep. Yep. Which is fine. Yep. Because I mean it is since 1988. You said. Um, it, it might level off, which would be great. But then I, I think leveling off is what, what's going to happen. And I mean, like, it still might go up, but it just might level. Or it might... It is so uncanny that you're using that language. Why? Have you been talking to my wife? I know you haven't. That's no, a I question. <laughs> so last night, her and I were talking, and we were talking about how... Uh, so we went to a party this last weekend. How dare you? I know. No masks. It was great. And... Uh, uh, Are you it, telling it, me we beat COVID? Well... I, ah. I've been crushing it. Um, Can I pause for a second? So yes. um, John Hopkins, one of the professors there, came out and said that half the people are immune now just because of, you know, they've already had yeah. it or or, or, or they're some, asymptomatic, asymptomatic or they have great immune systems, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, it is a, a national health failure that we haven't been putting that news out, yep. that there is that and that you're demonizing people that have this natural immunity if they aren't getting the vaccination or not wearing masks. So uh, I thought John Hopkins is like the number two hospital besides I don't know if you Mayo know this, but Clinic. Fish slime. Let's say, let's say you go, let's say you're on day 21 of fishing it every day in a row. Is that what a fish line is? Is uh, that a term? <laughs> in a and let's say aquatic let's say, world. Let's say you hold the fish. Okay. And then you put it back in the water and let's say you eat some jerky. Do you kiss the, the fish? The kind of immunity you get in yeah. life. Amazing. Well, just no, with everything. When no one's looking, do you just sneak in a little... Just a little... <laughs> see you, buddy. <laughs> Will you now? <laughs> <laughs> Give him a little... Back fish, to... Fish kiss. <laughs> no, back. Yeah. Back to the... Uh, okay. <laughs> back, back to our so, 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 topic. So Kate Chapman, editor at LinkedIn News, basically... She made an, she she's commenting on an editor pick of this article, right? And the editor the editor so she what she she picked was she picked this other article from Natalie Campisi, Campisi, sorry, senior reporter at Forbes Advisor, and she was saying home prices continue to skyrocket, we know all of that, et cetera, right? But the most interesting part about it was then there was this other guy who commented about it and said like the housing market is insane and summed up well in this Twitter thread thread. And so this is an entertaining entertainment podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, and so I went majority. to the th- majority and I, so I went to a, uh, the Twitter thread and I want to read that. That's where I'm going with this. Cause it is, there's some crazy stuff. Okay. <laughs> on Twitter. No way on Twitter. Exactly. So, uh, Glenn Kelman is the Twitter thread that you go to. If you just follow all that whole sequence, one of one of 15, it has been hard to convey through anecdotes or data, how bizarre the U.S. housing market has become. For example, a Bethesda, Maryland homebuyer working with Redfin included in her written offer a pledge to name her firstborn child after the seller. She lost. Ah. Two of 15. Now there are more realtors and listings. This is the truth. Yep. Uh, three of 15. Inventory is down 37% year over year to a record low. We talk about supply and demand in this podcast over and over again. Learn your basic economics, right? The t- the typical home sells in 17 days a record low. Home prices are up a record amount 
24% year-over-year to a record high, and still homes sell on average for 1.7% higher than the asking price record, uh, asking price, which is another record. I think I sent you this uh, little article snippet. Yep. Uh, housings are trading at the speed of light. And housings? Houses are trading. Housings, houses are trading. Yep. And it was how many days on market? Miami has the most. But I think Miami always like, whenever it starts to boom, Miami's like, we will build 49,000 townhomes this year. And then it Florida's, busts. Florida just, we make fun of, we used to make fun of Florida a lot. We used to? Well, I mean, I don't anymore after I've seen how they, how, how they tackled, how they, how they just, they're the beacon of freedom, in my opinion, right? Like Texas, move, move your second place now. Yeah. They get Send your done. emails All I'm to saying LMC. is they get it done. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways. Send all your hate mail. Yeah. yeah LMC <laughs> at Uh Denver. So Miami is 75 days on the market. That might be skewed. Let's take Miami out of it. New York is 41 days. LA is 40. Um, and then you get all the way down to Denver, which is five days. Amazing. Okay. Back to the thread. And if you are in Longmont and if... I mean, this five days is almost a lie. It's like one day. It's like one day. It's one day. Yeah. Well, well, be it. You know what? Things that are buyable and and are are one day. What does he mean by buyable? I think he means within a still an affordability range. Yes. For most buyers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because anything between three hundred and five hundred thousand, probably one day. You get the one point two millions, and they're like, oh, they're ten days, fifteen days. Okay, now you average the five days. Yeah. 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 Okay, back to the thread. But in two of America's largest cities, inventory has increased in New York by 28%. You, you get you get you <laughs> Because get people are leaving New York. They're freaking leaving. Yeah. In San Francisco by 77%. Oh, that's a lot. That's insanity. Uh, San Francisco hasn't oh. seen an inventory increase this large since 2008. Wow. So it's akin to the Great Recession in a different way, right? Uh, and still, in both markets, prices are increasing. That 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 last one, I'm like what? Uh, in 2020, new construction permits were down 13% in DC and New York, 40% in LA, 48% in Chicago, 50% in Seattle, 79% in San Francisco. Permits were up 25% in Miami, 56% in Vegas, 96% in Greenville, South Carolina, 122% in Detroit. That is insanity. What if Detroit's gonna make a comeback, bro? Oh, dude, they have uh, uh, MCDC as their new coach for the Detroit Lions. Uh huh. And he's like, we want monsters. We want people that will gnaw people's kneecaps. On. I love it. Detroit I want, Lions I want, coming back, biting off I kneecaps. Want, I want Detroit to make a comeback. And I've been trying to get my wife to like, why, why don't you want to go visit it just to see what it's like? Like, yeah. you grew up there. Yeah. We'll, we'll make it happen. Maybe I'll just take her there. So let's just drag her. She's got to come. Well, just don't tell her. Like, get to the airport. Just get in the airport. Tell her we're going to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> we're in Detroit. I don't know how that happened. Yep. Uh, Motor lastly, City Dan Campbell is the new coach. Okay. Lastly, 246% in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I just want to make note of uh, the differences, probably politically, those numbers, right? Just think about the places, okay? Uh, six, six out of fifteen. So next one, lumber prices are up. So I got to quit saying this. I got to quit saying two hundred and fifty percent. Lumber prices are up three hundred percent. I heard they are leveling off too. They are starting to. Alex is right. I mean, 
Okay. Yeah. I want to hold the thought about the leveling off because I have a question after all of this. Okay. About the leveling off. Yeah. Uh, in Red uh, seven of fifteen, in Redfin's annual survey, nearly two thousand home buyers, sixty three percent, sixty three percent reported having bid on a home they hadn't seen in person. Nuts. Uh, in April, uh, an April survey of six hundred Redfin.com users had who had relocated in the past year. About two thirds of the people who moved got a house in the same size or bigger, but about the same proportion, two thirds, spent the same on less housing. Nine of fifteen. Even though most of the people who moved got bigger homes, 78% reported having the same or more disposable income after their move. Idaho home prices could triple. Whoa. Idaho does not want to hear that. And still seem affordable to a Californian. Yes. Just like Austin, (laughs) which is expensive to me and you in Longmont and Firestone. Yep. But people from California are laughing at their prices and their quote-unquote traffic problems. Yep. Ha, 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 ha. 10 of 15. For low-tax states, four people move... For every one who leaves. For Texas, this ratio is 5 to 1. For Florida, 7 to 1. Cities and states have no leverage to raise taxes after many promised new money for social justice. The federal government will have to fund long-term investments. 11 of 15. The migration to lower-cost areas may lead to lower workforce precipitation. Participation. Holy cow. For many families, Redfin has relocated the money saved on housing costs. Less one parent stopped working. A rave, a wave of Redfin customers are retiring early. What a shakeup this is. Because they're selling their house and they're retiring early yeah. because of everything that they pulled And out. they moved to a lower... Yes. And they moved to a lower... Cl- like, imagine moving to rural Georgia, which I hear is wonderful, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, rural anywhere. Iowa. Rural... Yeah. Iowa. Sure. North Dakota. Uh, 13 to 15. The average housing budget for out-of-towners moving to Nashville was 720K, 50% higher than the locals. See what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 485K budget. It used to be the coastal elites who worried that every adult in the family had to win a career lottery just to afford a home. Now that fam- feeling may spread. Hmm. Uh, 14 out of 15. It's not just income that's K-shaped, but mobility. of people earning $100,000 plus per year expect to be able to work virtually compared to 10% of those earning 40,000 or less per year. The folks who need low-cost housing the most have the least flexibility to move. And last but certainly not least, 15 out of 15, an, an investor recently said with an ancient touch of awe but also greed that one source of America's miraculous economic recovery was the bounty of the land itself. We have more room to grow than ever we ever imagined. Hey, if someone has been saying this for years, for years, I drive everywhere I go because I have multiple kids and a wife. And I mean, I people. And what he means is across state lines. Oh, thousands of miles. Um, uh, God, what is it? Uh, Utah has a lot of space. Uh, Wyoming, Nebraska, Nebraska, um, the middle of the country. Wyoming, fly yep. over America. Oh. Well, the east of Colorado is huge. Giant. Massively huge. So little people. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that all mean? Oh, and here's what I was going to ask. So what does that all mean? Uh, if, you can buy, if you can buy real estate, buy real estate. Buy as much damn real estate as you possibly can. But the second thing is I wanted to ask you is, so this leveling off. Yeah. Since you're reactionary Al today. Yep. My wife is saying the same thing. I just told you that. Is it going to go down? Like, is it just, oh, we, it's like. We climbed up to the plateau. Now we're just there. And it's never going back down again. Like, that's kind of the floor. No, well, I don't know if it will wait till 2024. 20, but 
there's two scenarios in my head. Three it keeps going up, it levels off, or it goes down 10% until 2024, right? Each one of those, I think the headlines would be with it down 10% is like housing prices down 10%, but here's why it's not a bad thing, right? If it levels off, then it just levels off. If it keeps going up, then we're just kind of in crazy land. And historically, it's never went down more than 10% and for, for an extended period of time and stayed right. there. And then this is what I'm worried about. You say 2024. It could happen at any time, but let's say it goes down 30%. I, I hate that they're, unless people are overly leveraged, like they're just going to beat the drums of epi- economic collapse. And it's going to say like, okay, let's say it's 2024 and it goes down 30%. You mean like, oh, you mean like what it was last year, which was a record high over the last 10 years? Like settle down people. It would be nice if the if their perspective, the people you're talking about would go from this to this. Right? Yeah. If it would just widen and you'd go, this is a good thing, guys. It's going to let more people into the market. And, and I hope, and I, I think on a societal level, People are seeing why why that headline gets written is to get clicks. And then I hope people read it and, and realize like these these headlines and these narratives yeah. are 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 trash, trash clickbaity. Yeah. And they're they're not the real story. Yeah. So Yeah. Alrighty. I've got another one for you, Al. Okay. Survey says. Okay. This what is from May fifteenth, twenty twenty one, and the reason I'm sharing this is because we have shared data from the National Association of Home Builders before, yep. and they put out they put out the last one that had the big clickbait headline uh-huh. about it. Regulation adds ninety four thousand to price of new homes. Wow! So their new their newest survey and data compi- compilation has now increased it to uh to ninety three thousand dollars, almost ninety four thousand dollars. Per, yeah. per the house. So regulations opposed, imposed by all levels of government account for 93,870 or 23.8% of the current average sales price of $397,300 of a new single family home, according to a national study by the uh, NAHB. So um, I, I can tell you, I know for a fact, easily, um, there's two different things like the city tap taxes and fees in my mind count for half of that. And then if you go regulations, like I'm not getting into the weeds, I can see that. But the the problem with this housing is competition. And it's hard to have competition when you add in 23% from the jump. Before you even, before you even get the stick up. Yep. Yeah. And then the other hidden, the other hidden in that fee of regulations is, is going through the process to get a new neighborhood built. And, and thinking that that's going to take two to three years just to go through the process and then to get, you know, all the infrastructure in there and, and everything like that. And with, I mean, the amount of nimbyism um, yeah. is substantial. So substantial. There, yeah. Well, so while I don't engage very much on Facebook anymore, I still, I will, I will just open it up on my phone through, not through the app. I deleted the app. That was very helpful. But like, I'll just. I'll just I'll just I'll just run through like articles and see the comment section. So the nimbyism. There was a development that got approved in in the city we operate in, um, a big housing development. I don't know if you know about this. Every comment though, uh, that's gonna kill the wildlife. You know we don't need we don't need any more development. And it's like oh my gosh, if everybody everybody 
he's talking out of both sides of their mouths and it drives me nuts. Like, yeah. why is it so expensive? Well, either you want more supply or you don't, right? Well, <laughs> it, 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 hmm. <laughs> this is what's so difficult about it is because that perspective is only self-benefiting. It yes. is, hey, I want to save the wildlife. Yep. Um, and, and, and I could get in a whole argument about that. But then the second is, oh, if, if, if we don't make more housing, my price of my house just goes up. Yeah. So like, let's unpack the ninety ninety four thousand dollar number though. That and I think you were you were getting at this. Forty one thousand three hundred and thirty of it is attributable to regulation during development. So before you even get a stick up, yeah. Then there's fifty two thousand that are regulation during construction, right? And I, I like in this article that they 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 say this report does not argue that all regulation is bad or unnecessary, but oh. National Association of Home Builders leaders say excessive regulation is not helpful yes um because i wanted to do an experiment if somehow f9 gets so efficient and, and great i i would probably run this experiment just to prove a point um and the experiment would be this is we have a new project and it has to be something like 40 units right which which we do you know we have multiple of those going on and and say to our staff is please do two tracks the first track is, you know, like our normal track is where we develop a plan, a concept, give it to the city. We wait two months. Then we get the reply from the city and this is site plan review. And then we change it and then we coordinate all the changes. That takes about a month and then we send it back to the city and that takes two months, right? And it, it's this year long process, right? So like, okay, that's gonna happen. And know that that's gonna come, right? And we developed the first concept for like, let's just say a month, I'm being very simplistic, mm -hmm. right? So once that month comes and you send it, don't stop and work on other projects. Finish the whole project. Continue with the clients, continue with the contractor, like literally work everything out. So when it comes back in, in two months after that, like you could literally submit for building permits, do the everything. And obviously like if something goes wrong, we have to change something like this could be a huge waste of money. So like that's why we're not doing it at this moment. <clears throat> And then set that aside, that file, and then go through the rest 10 months with the city and then compare sets and see how much oh my they've goodness. actually what changed. What an interesting, what an because interesting it's, it's, experiment. Because it's going to be so minimal. minimal. And, and then say like, you I'm just not, wasted, eight, you wasted eight months. Well, like, I'm what is joking. that capital worth? He, 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 I'm going to plant a seed in your head. Yeah. Okay? okay. Everybody's hearing this live for the first time. You are getting an inside look at the inside of the firm. This is how the ideas happen, okay? Sometimes sometimes his ideas are good. Most of the time, my ideas are good. Right. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I have a nonprofit. It is called Longmont Community Gardens. If anybody wants to donate it to it, they could. Yep. Uh, so uh, I started this last year. And I would encourage you to think about, like, what if you started a nonprofit that was a think tank? Oh. And we could get something like this off the ground and here's where i'm going with it is i think it's such a good idea to to test it in our firm yep but if you could pay other firms to do the same test and then come back with a whole compilation of data but what i would do is also <coughs> i would tell the city sure because because i would tell the the manager i would tell the city council and i would tell everyone and then um so they can so when i come back with the results They'll know like, hey, this was a legit, this has been going on, blah, blah, blah. It looks like, it looks like we could make, 
massive changes and make things more efficient and make things more efficient. Um, yeah. If anyone wants to donate, email me at AKG at F nine productions and that's how we kick it off. Um, it would be cool. I'm serious. Like yeah. I think because why I'd want to get them involved is because then we could go through and like, okay, here's, here's what we need to change mm-hmm. and mark it up. And then we'd go to the next city and then say, Hey, we're going to run this test again, but know that in your code, these are the things that we think are going to need, need to change. And then you run that again. And if it turns out to be true, then you don't have to run the test the third time with the third city and be like, do you see a pattern? Do you see a pattern? <laughs> Scott, Scott Beyer, who, who I've had on this podcast, who runs uh, the market urbanism report. Um, he had somebody on that they do. So the opposite of NIMBY, you already use that acronym is a YIMBY. Yes. In my backyard. Yep. If you could get groups involved like that too, to help you out and have a grassroots effort. And like, there's a little roar that city council can't ignore. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I'm excited about that. That that, you should just make that happen. So uh, to wrap this little article up, just want to state that. So that, um, basically the last study that the NAA, NAHB, which has been very famous, actually, uh, it seems like, was from 2016. So when they updated it, it's 2021, uh, obviously, you know, um, basically it is, it went from their study in, in their study in 2016 said that there was about $84,000 worth of extra cost due to the regulation, the, bur- the burdensome regulation. Um, it, it's, so now it jumped to 94% or 94,000, basically 10%, a 10% jump. The other thing to note, and we've talked about this over and over again, was uh, NAHB completed another report last month, which shows rising lumber prices have soared more than 250% correction, 300% according to that Twitter guy, uh, since April, 2020. They have also added, that has also added 35,872 to the price of a typical new home on top of the nearly 94,000 cost due solely to regulation. So, all of that stuff, all of that extra cost is coming from the big G word, the government, right? So just keep that in mind um, when you're out there at the voting booth again. Uh, I think you're going to delete that one because we're probably good on time. Is that what you're doing? You're highlighting No, I was it? just looking into it. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, uh, the last thing I would say is, and this was um, actually not the last thing, but next little thing I wanted to bring up was there was this article, Lumber Firms Applaud Home Builders. Uh, lumber firms applaud, comma, home builders angry as U.S. moves to double Canadian lumber tariffs. So that's just going to increase your lumber costs one more time again, boys and girls. <laughs> well, but 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 time out. Have you looked into, well, uh, lumber prices are high, mm-hmm. but log prices are the same as 2011. Yes. Do you know why? Uh, no, go up, elaborate. So in the 1970s, uh, literally around them, the government had a program to turn farmland into forest land in Georgia, like all these places in the South, like everyone thinks wood comes from Canada, which it does. They think all the wood comes from Canada. No, a lot of it comes from the South. So all these farms were transitioned into wood farms, basically. Because the government wanted to stabilize crop prices and not have too much of that. Mm. So now fast forward from the 70s to that's 30, uh, 50 years, right? All of these ma- trees are mature and there is too much supply. So the lumber yards are the choke point. Mm-hmm. And they see all these people in Georgia and like, oh, I can pick and choose. Yeah. I can pick and choose from anyone I want. Yep. Yep. 
Um, and then also, uh, there was an article about this. The people selling the logs used to get bids from the mills and they like, I used to get eight, 10 bills every time I bids every time I cut down. Mm -hmm. It's like now if I get three, I'm lucky. So consolidation. Okay. So the one thing I wanted to read from you from this uh, article so you could react. Yeah. Good. Ready? Quote, lumber only makes up 4% of the cost of a new home with zero, with near zero impact on home buyers. The lumber coalition wrote in an opinion article published on woodworking network quote, the NAHB's claim that import duties cause high, cause today's high lumber prices are therefore, are therefore drive up the cost of a home is false. Supply and demand, not import duties, cause price fluctuations. Reaction. Um, that is an absolute lie. Like I, I, when you said that, I thought like, oh, when was this written in 1982? Like I literally went to look at the time and it was May 24th, 2021. Correct. Um, framing prices, uh, I mean, including labor. Uh, used to be 15%. Used to be 15%. Let me see. I'm going to pull up in real time here. Yep. Keep talking. The so that means lumber is easily double that at, at 4 at, at 7%. But that was a couple years ago. And lumber has doubled from that. So if lumber was 7% of a house standard a couple years ago and it went up 300%, now the cost, even though other things might raise with it so that the percentages are the same. I hope you're following along with this. I am. I am. The actual cost of lumber going up three times yep. has went from their 4% to actually 7% to really 21%. So like this is just nonsense. Okay. 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 <laughs> the lumber coalition, you are writing nonsense. You can email me with your complaints. I'm going to. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so the last bid that I put together for a single family dwelling um, that we did not get because the prices just killed the project was fifty eight thousand dollars for the for the lumber package? Fifty eight thousand dollars. Square feet is this house? Oh, twelve hundred square feet. So oh. the the the, the, <laughs> the so the, hold on now, hold on now. To prove Alex's point, like this is this is okay. Is it anecdotal? Ah, uh, I don't know. Feels like this is pretty empirical since we actually did the hard math for it. Well, I just did a fourteen hundred square foot house, and lumber prices for everything was thirty. Okay. Uh Grand total, so so fifty eight thousand divided by the grand total for this bid was three hundred forty thousand. Uh, we'll just call it even. That is sixteen percent, seventeen percent, sixteen point nine percent. Six. So this guy lumber price only or labor too? Only. Oh man, lumber. If you want me to add in nope, the labor, I, nope. We're just talking lumber <laughs> to make it clear. So four to sixteen is a slight difference, council. Slight. <laughs> Not a rounding error. Oh, uh, journalism is dead. And know what's crazy is that like, <laughs> this is why I'm I'm getting so heated about it is because they are telling not only the public, yeah, this who who does not know, but they're telling Congress this, and they're like, oh yeah, that's oh, what's even counts. worse. Oh, yeah. So we had this president of yeah. the Lumber Coalition, yeah. and he says four yeah. percent. This is no big deal. Congress sucks. Okay, keep yeah. going. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all to solve a problem that stems from the 1970s. There we go. Thanks again, Nixon. Uh, onboarding Al. Okay. So we are onboarding someone. I want to go through the onbo our onboarding process. You can take anything from it. But also, this is inside the firm, so Lance and I have to talk about it. Nice. Because we have to be on the same page. Yeah. Also, I'm taking Atlas to swimming lessons in the morning. So, like, I might not be in until 930. Just to let you know. So, or, so I'm going to go over everything and then we can go into details. But like here are at least the critical things that I think we need to get them sure. up to speed on. 
Um, Revit Rocketship introduction. I need to email them the passwords and all that to get in for free. Because everyone, like we said, the course that we offer to everyone is what we make every new hire go through. Um, and then I think we need an introduction on the file structure, which means you and Jason need to get them Dropbox and an email, right? And that's me. That's on my, that's on, yep. that's, that's my job. Yep. But literally show them, <coughs> Hey, here's current projects. Yep. Here's how it works. Here's documents in documents out, all that other stuff. Another thing while you're in there that I thought would be helpful because I think you had on our morning meetings, um, you were talking about a client and the contract and how we go through things. I think in there you should show, or both of us, here is our sample contract. So like when you are in a project, like you can, the contracts are always in there. You can look what phase you're at and what we are expecting in that phase. So no, like you should be familiar with where we are. Here's the reason why I think Al's bringing that up. And this is, this is a, this is a, uh, something that I think everybody should be reminded of if you're hiring people or you've recently hired people uh, is n- new hires are very eager to make a strong, positive impression. And what I've noticed um, in the past is that sometimes then they try to overdo things. And meaning like I asked for floor plans, you gave me elevations too. It, that's why it took twice as long. Now we're in trouble with the client. So yeah, because they will just change a floor plan up. Less is more. Yep. Less is more. Yep. So then this flows nicely from the contract. Now go, hey, here's F9 resources. Here's how-to videos. So let's say someone says, hey, you're in the DD set. I need you to do elevations and format it. In F9 resources, we have what's expected as a DD set. So know that you can navigate there and you can talk our language. And know that, please ask questions. We have an open studio because we really lean on, everybody leans on everybody. For instance, even the principals, me and Al, co-owners, I leaned on Ross yesterday to literally go through my proposal for this uh, project we might build in Boulder mm-hmm. to do like do a grammar check, check my grammar, check my yeah. spelling, check my numbers. Sure. So, you know, we got to be, I just want to make it clear to everybody that, that when they join that, like you got, we are dead in the water if we're not asking questions with each other. Yep. And in those resources, here's the videos. Also know, here's where all the example sets are. So like, and they're also laid out in those phases or in that project type. So if you ever just want to wrap your head around something, here's where to go. Heck yeah. After that, uh, the employee manual. Um, I don't know if you want to go through that, like everything, or just like hand it to them, maybe hit some highlights, tell them to read. Yes. Okay. No, no. I mean, I think exactly what you just said, hit the highlights and then say, this, this should actually be your first task. Then jump into Revit Rocket Chip. Yep, yep. Yep. And then, so we have two part-time people, one full-time person. I have enough. Um, then I want to bring those two part-time people down and say, hey, we are starting the book club. This is, mm. and then we have our two-second lean. I literally have a printout for every week. Here's what you read. Here's what you do. Every Monday um, after our meetings, everyone will meet down here. I will try to meet with you if I'm not. You literally have the outline of what we're doing and what we're talking about. And in four weeks, you'll be done with, with that book. Love it. So, um, but going back, we should title this how to onboard, how to onboard. I like it. New hires. Uh, she's going to come in at eight. I might not be here till nine thirty ten. So 
I will email her the Revit rocket ship stuff. And then do you want to say, hey, just get started with that. Once Al gets in <coughs> at 10, we'll go down yep. and have a meeting. That sounds great. Yep. Al, That's have me. you hey. ever had commission breath? I don't even know what that is. I love it. Good. That's even better. So uh, I was a I was at a uh, local think tank meeting the other afternoon where uh, hopefully I will be starting a chapter. You've heard Kurt Bear on this podcast. We're trying to get that growing, going. And he let out the phrase commission breath. And I thought, this is awesome. Uh, I've never heard of this phrase before. That kind of sums it up for me. So do you suffer from commission breath? It's the worst breath of the day al oh. sales commission breath is the ultimate sales killer it can ruin a sales meeting in less than a second and can plague sufferers for years are you scaring prospects with your breath how, how are you doing this how, i'm not doing it um but i know that people i know that people can sense it right so here's the signs and symptoms everybody uh-huh. everybody who's out and selling let's say you're on a strikeout right now and you've heard me talk about that before like oh man it's been a month since i've signed a new client yeah. i am not on that Right now, I, I have just been murdering. Great. Murdering. Yep. Here's the signs and symptoms you should check yourself for of commission breath. You see dollar signs on your customers' foreheads. You feel the dollars going from your customers' pockets into your pockets. You pitch instead of listen. This is critical. You pitch instead of listen. You chase every deal that comes your way. You use high-pressure tactics. You attempt to close early and often. You relentlessly hype your product or service. You try to overcome every objection. You hear every prospect say they have no money or that they need to think about it. You will notice customers are backing away from you. Prospective clients don't return your cause or emails. Causes of commission breath. Commission breath is often caused by a lack of confidence, activated by low self-esteem, triggered by desperation, produced by a need to close the sale at any cost. Sometimes it is sparked by an unhealthy ego with an insatiable need to win. There is only one cure and it's not chewing on a mint. So... The part I wanted to like really emphasize here is the talking. What did they say? Talking versus listening. Uh, yeah. So I think there's something to. We've talked about it before. When you're in a sales meeting, the first half of the meeting should be the prospective client is doing most of the talking. You're doing the listening. You're taking the notes. They will get to a point where they are kind of exhausted with everything they needed to say. Mm-hmm. And then the meeting should turn over to you. Then it goes to you, but not, don't do the, don't flip it and do the first thing. Look, me, 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 me. That has nothing. That's the opposite way. Yeah. So, uh, one of the biggest, uh, well, the biggest project that I'm working on right now, it was so funny because that cell, I was, I wasn't la- laissez faire, but I was so just comfortable. And, and I, I've been selling for 10 years, right? And non-pushy and, and almost like nonchalant, but not, I don't mean nonchalant in like, I don't care. It was, it was exactly that attitude is, oh, I'm just going to listen to your questions. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to your questions and then give like my honest feedback or recommendations. Easy going. Is that, maybe that's the way. Easy going. I was easy going. Yep. And then, and not answer questions that they don't have. I think that's the difference. Only focus on the questions that they do have. And then at the end, you can wrap some things up about like, okay, there's going to be these other things, but this is how I'm going to help you out, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's, it's been, it's been working great. It's been working great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
Yeah, I would say that that's true. Uh, the other thing too is like, there's, I know this just because of, of 10 years is that I think some people get that commission breath because, okay, they want to get the sales. They want to get the sales. There was a client that I've known their family for a while and they, and I know what they think architects are worth mm. and we are not an expensive firm and they don't even think that that's touchable. They think that it's outrageous, you know, like, like our, our prices from years ago and from years ago, our price has gone up. So they asked me, I sent them a proposal, talked to them very nonchalant. Um, <clears throat> but I could see pushing and chasing that client and like, it's not going to happen. Like, unless I cut my fees in half, which mm. when we are already overburdened and then I have clients playing full, it's not like those people cut in half are going to act like not be just as demanding. Yeah. So just know that it might be easier to know that some you're not going to get no matter what doesn't even like no matter what you do. And I think some people would think like, oh, me not getting that one contract, like I struck out like maybe. Sure, I didn't hit the ball, but like, just wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, I wasn't gonna go half price. Yeah, like, so don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Be easy going. Uh, one of the last questions I have for you, Al, is: Yep, do are the riches in the niches? I've heard it before. And where I'm going with this is, you're about to build another tiny house. Yep. And it seems like you got to uh, stick with. I think we've we've earned and proven that we know what it takes to build one of these tiny houses and therefore the fees are going to be what the fees are going to be. Well, right. And well, you know what? I, we didn't prep this or anything. That's why it's reacting because, out. Because there's two things. One, uh, uh, <laughs> I'll just go this way. With that one, because of prices of everything, because of prices of everything, the only way to, to get that project was what we do... 99.9% of the time is here's a fair shake. Here's a fair here's deal. A fair shake, yeah. Here's a fair deal. Here's a fair overhead <clears throat> yeah. because I'm, I'm like the prices have just went up crazily, yeah. crazily. Um, and even with a fair deal, I think everybody is eating what they need to eat. Yeah. 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 Niches We're not are gouging, the, nothing like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I guess I'm wondering, is there a better example than the tiny house? Because I don't think we're getting rich off. off we're we're not getting rich off the tiny houses. I just mean, okay, here's where I'm going with this is. So um, th th this also came from the, the local meeting that I had the other day. And there was a gentleman who was uh, talking about he, his, his, it was so interesting to see the parallel that he had to us. And so the parallel is, he got laid off it a long, long time ago. And he, he thought he was going to be at this company. I'm talking like 30, 40 years ago, this guy got laid off. It just it just destroyed him emotionally. He had like it was not good for him, right? You and I both got laid off. And we got laid off from and same thing with him, same thing with you, same thing with me. We got laid off from places that they they did that their idea was we are doing a niche or a specialty, right? We're doing basically we're putting all of the our whole business on like one kind of thing that we do. And then if the one thing gets knocked away, then I got to lay the firm off. Then there's this emotional trauma. So then the reaction from the people who have the emotional trauma are, I don't ever want, I, I don't ever want to feel that again. I don't ever want other people to feel that again. So now I'm going to cast the widest net possible. 
Yep. And <clears throat> and try to and so I don't have to do that. So I'm gonna go after. I'm basically gonna go after. And I think how how do they say it in this article? Uh, going after everything with a oh yeah, quote my target customer is everyone with a pulse, yeah. right? Um, so. What they say at the end of this article, which I like is, so whether you are just starting a business or you want to refocus an existing business, which you can refocus an existing business. And I think that's one of the things we did. Uh, So they go on to say, forget the quote, my target customer is everyone with a pulse, end quote, and go for the niche audience. Let's say you do cast a wide net at the beginning. We did. Yeah. That's fine. You need to morph at some point in your career to niche audiences you can still have a wide net yeah but it's okay to then like tunnel into niche audiences right or niche partners so missy brown design we do all historical stuff with her that is a niche audience that is that pays that the the the, the commissions are good right right uh the tiny houses that is a niche niche audience everybody's still eating when we do those projects yeah Townhome developments, right? You see where I'm going with this. Yeah. I do think though, I think I want to caution people. I think they hear this and I think a lot of people, a lot of writers like to write about the benefits of being niched and and drilled down. Like I am great at historical remodels. I do think that that works. Um, I'm great at modern houses. I'm great at just only residential, right? And the reason why it's so popular is because it's so clear and they can find examples of it, and it's easy to stick in people's mind and be repeatable so that the writer makes the reader sound smart, mm-hmm. and then they can go and do this, right? <clears throat> the problem is what we saw with your firm, right? Oh, I do modern houses. This is back in the day when Lance got laid off. Probably he was terrible. The but, worst. <laughs> um, my firm, I got laid off. So, yeah, we only do houses for rich clientels. Hey, I only do... Uh, master plans for huge multi-billion dollar developers, right? Oh, Missy Brown, I only do remodels, right? Okay, that failed, your firm, I don't wanna say failed, the recession happened, it went down, they didn't have enough legs to stand on. So did my firm, something different could happen, like the remodel industry, like they could make some rule that all of a sudden like remodels are taxed at 25% and just kill it. Architecture is niched enough. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Thank what you. what's niche services you do? Well, I provide architecture services for people who need to build architectural buildings. That sounds pretty niche in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like the way you unpack that. That was that was perfect. And I was hoping you would go in that direction. So Good. we did not pre plan this. Uh, yeah. uh, but what we did pre plan is bringing down the crew for a little ARE Jeopardy. Doo-doo-doo. Question one, uh, in addition to chapter three, use and occupancy in the IBC, the provisions of what chapter apply to special uses and occupancies? Is it A, four, B, 17, three, C, three, <laughs> D, 16? <clears throat> Which chapter, 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 chapter? Hmm. A-A-A-A-D-A-A-A is the correct answer. Chapter four. That's a good thing for people to know. Chapter four is a sneaky chapter. 
You always have to look into in, in, into four, and I feel like people miss out on it. Yeah. Question two. According to the IBC, address numbers should be a minimum of four inches in height and have what other feature? Should it be A, stand off from the exterior facade? B, be lighted? C, shall be spelled out? Or D, shall be of contrasting color? Which... IBC. I see what you're saying now. Yep. Three, two, one. D, B, D, B, D, A. The correct answer is D, which is shall be of contrasting color. Alrighty. Number three, you are visiting a job site and you observe unsafe working conditions. Which solution is the best answer? A, call an attorney and file the necessary paperwork for litigation. B, do nothing. It's not your problem. C, direct the contractor to make corrections. Or D, ask an appropriate question or make a more formal report where necessary as an ethical professional while masked up, possibly two on and standing 12 feet away from the nearest human or humanoid. <laughs> You are visiting a job site and you observe unsafe working conditions. Which solution is the best answer? A, call an attorney and file the necessary paperwork for litigation. B, do nothing. It's not your problem. C, direct the contractor to make corrections. Or D, ask an appropriate question or make more formal report where necessary as an ethical professional, all well masked up, possibly with two ons, and standing 12 feet away from the nearest human or humanoid. What are two ons? Possibly. Two, two. Masked up with possibly two on. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we have D, C, B, D, C, B. The correct answer is D. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it's true. Standing 12. Like you don't have to, but you could. Yeah. Isn't it six feet? I'm one, two masks, double safe, no. twice the distance. Gotcha. Okay. Safety first, Al. Uh, My fault. <laughs> number four, proper sequencing of construction is essential for what? A, light frame timber structures. B, post-tensioned pre-stretched concrete. C, foundation excavations. Or D, curtain wall installation. Proper sequencing of construction is essential for what? A, light frame timber structures. B, post-tensioned pre-stressed concrete. C, foundation excavations. C, D, curtain wall installation. This is a perfect ARE question. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like the last one was too. Uh, what do we have? We have D, Hannah. We have B, B, C, B, B. The correct answer is B. Yep. Post-tension precess crime. What do we got for numbers? We have, uh, we have three, two, Ooh. one, three, two. We have a tie? We have a tie. Right. Rossosaurus Rex. All right. Come I on down. Like Do you have it all this? teed up? Yep. It's right here. Ross will read it. So still, even if we've done it, the fastest hand wins. Okay. Everyone ready? What is the maximum projection into the required egress width that a door is allowed to project when fully open? <laughs> Jason got it. Seven Sorry. Inches. We already did it. <laughs> Jason wins. Where are we eating tomorrow? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Start that. 
Well, that's it for me. Again, please thank our sponsors by either going to the Pella website, which is... Oh, man, I don't have it pulled up. Al, you're putting me on the spot here. Uh, yeah. let, me, let me pull it up real quick. You'll pull it up while I say, again, if you're want, if you looking into Revit oh, and or is. becoming a builder, uh, the builder's website is architectsguide2.com or go to revitrocketship.com. Go to pelloluxury.com forward slash the firm. Go to arcat.com. Check it out. Download all the free BIM stuff and subscribe somewhere. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on the Spotify. Uh, subscribe on SoundCloud. Leave us a five-star review. We'll see you next week. Thank you.